Hi, this is Donna Otto. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I have just jumped into the new year with some of my favorite topics, which include goal setting. If you didn't listen to the earlier shows this year, take a chance and stop and go back. You have to get started to get finished. And uh, that's so important in how we spend the new year. It's so easy to be excited, jazzed, as my granddaughter would say, about the new thing, but then the new thing suddenly becomes just the old thing. We've done it this way before. And we talked about needing, first of all, we talked already about the fact that we should close our exits, that marriage is for life, and you are married for life if you are married. And I I failed to say something that I thought about afterwards. Very important piece. Maybe you made a mistake. Okay? I would say that in marriages, if I would have to give a percentage, a high percentage, I'm not going to give you any numbers, a high percentage of couples made mistakes when they got married. They did. They made mistakes. They married the wrong guy, the wrong woman, for the wrong reasons, at the wrong time. And, and so I think this is something that I have experienced with women, not that I've heard anywhere. I'm not trying to make up a new thing, but I believe that in our spirits, we can develop something I call the spirit of regret. It's a, it's, it's just regret. And, and I want to be sure that you hear me say, you might've made a mistake, like I can't imagine that there aren't a lot of men who married women and women who married men that made mistakes. They were young. They were impetuous. My husband and I had dinner with some friends recently whose parents met each other in the 40s. And it was pre-war, mid-war. Everybody was going off to war. They were, quote-unquote, enamored. They slept together and conceived a child, and they got married. Like, there was a mistake. It was a mistake. So... I want you to feel my compassion for the mistake. I want you to feel my instruction that you can develop a spirit of regret that will take you down. Or you can say, like a lot of things in life, we've made mistakes and God uses everything in our lives. We've all, we've all heard someone say, God uses donkeys and me. Yes, he does. And so God can use this mistake. You be careful that you don't turn a mistake into the spirit of regret that will change your life and your husband's life and your children's lives and the generations to follow. Because a mistake is a mistake and you have to relinquish it and let God handle it and make the compensations necessary to get on being staying married, closing your exits. So what I'd like to do today is give you what I call the nine essentials or concepts of marriage. I call them essentials because I think if you're going to stay together, if you're going to close your exits, these are essentials in making that happen. They are not just incidentals. They're not just the frosting on the cake. They're certainly not. 
the cherry or the nuts on the frosting. They are essentials. That's what that word is. What's the TMC, T Turner Classic Movies? They call that show the movie essentials. Well, th these are marriage essentials, and I'm just going to list them and tell you a few things, and then in the next few times we're together, we're going to go through all nine of these essentials, breaking them down a little more so you have some meat to go along with them. So here's the list. Are you ready? Got your pen and paper? Institution. It's essential that you understand it's an institution. I read that passage about one flesh joined together, let no man put us under. Forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness and reconciliation. And I'm going to have this in, created into a one-page resource. Before we're through, you can look for this resource online, okay? Forgiveness and reconciliation. Can you have forgiveness and not have reconciliation in life? Absolutely. But in marriage, you can't. If you are unwilling to forgive and unwilling to be reconciled, you are putting a notch in your belt that makes your belt very weak and your privilege to stay marriage much harder. So consider it. Respect. Respect. And I want to be sure that when we talk about respect, you understand that I'm talking about mutual respect for one another as two human beings created in God's image. And additionally, the respect that God calls women to have for men, even when men are not respectable. And so often we want him to be respectable till we toss out the token piece of respect. Acceptance and trust. And that acceptance is a part and parcel of what I just said regarding having made a mistake and living in a life of regret. Fifth, headship and submission. Wow, this has gotten such a bad rap, and I want to help you uh, unmask the words headship and submission, and I want to create a new paradigm for you and something we've talked about through the years, agreement. Sixth, intimacy. A lot of people don't like that word, and they don't want to talk about it, and they don't want to talk about that in public, for sure. And so I just want you to know I'm not afraid to talk about it, and I'm going to give you some physical intimacy from the Scripture. Not what I think, not what Cosmo thinks, not what Jay Leno thinks, or the newest guy on the talk show, or the newest rom-com that tells you what intimacy looks like and to how many people you can have it. I want to read to you from the scripture what God calls about marital intimacy, what he means by that, okay? Intimacy is used a lot, and it can mean relationships. It can mean physicality, but God has his own meaning for it, and we'll look at that. Mystery uh, this one, can I just laugh out loud? Every time I say mystery, I want to LOL, laugh out loud, because I think, yeah, did, did God plan this like a mystery for us not to understand? He certainly did, because nobody would have called me to live with another homo sapien who is entirely different than me. First, he's a man. And then usually he's entirely different to me because I'm not attracted to someone like myself. I'm attracted to someone who's absolutely opposite for me. And then he says, go out, get married, and stay married for the rest of your lives till death deals part. And I, for one, 
Actually, I, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I at one point said from the platform, and my husband heard it, when I said, how many of you have wished you weren't married? And a few hands went up. And then I said, no, like seriously, like on any one given day you wished you had not married this man, a few more hands went up. And then I said, and how many of you have gone so far as to say, not only do I wish I had not married this man, I wish I had never met this man. And one woman in the front row put both hands up, and I, would, I did the same thing. Because there have been days when this man who I'm committed to for life, who I love tremendously, I wish I'd never seen him before. I, he's so different from me, so odd for me, makes me so angry. And I, if, if I never met him before and I wasn't married to him, I wouldn't have all these problems. No, that's just not true. Because marriage is the place. One, it's God's mystery. It was God's plan. I didn't create it. He did. I'm going to read to you the passages about his creation. This is his plan, his idea. It's, it's when my young friend wrote in the email I read earlier this month. I'm sorry, argue with God about it. It wasn't my idea. I'm sorry, argue with God about marriage. It wasn't my idea. If it had been my idea, it wouldn't have been as effective. But if we do it his way, it's his idea, we begin to live within the mystery of marriage. It's a very important part of it. And then out of John, grace upon grace. It takes, it takes grace and graciousness. And it takes grace and graciousness from both of you. And uh, you may live with a guy who doesn't understand grace, who's not even follower of Christ, who, who doesn't have any likeness to you in philosophy or ideology or theology. It's really harder for you to be gracious. But God is the only thing that gives you the grace to be gracious. And in marriage, two people being gracious makes marriage a whole lot easier, already hard. And the last one is kindness. Kindness. Scripture tells us that it is in God's kindness that we are led to repentance. You've heard all these verses. You've heard, if you are in faith very long or have been in a church for very long, the things I'm going to talk about are very familiar to you. I hope by putting them in context, you'll understand why being married for life and closing your exits can work and how God wants it to work. It is in our kindness, our heaping coals of love on someone's head who is acting like a turkey or worse and showing them God's love and grace. So remember that at Modern Homemakers, we stay to these four basic themes of the ministry and teaching, who you are as a woman of faith, who you are as a wife, who you are as a mother, and who you are as a homemaker. So this section is on wife. And I particularly want you to know that I try not to talk about marriage in light of two of you, because he's not here. Unless your man is sitting down and listening to these shows, you're hearing them, and then you want him to adhere to them. Or you buy the best book on marriage. i never written a book on marriage because I, I don't believe in them. Uh, if you have a book on marriage and both of you are going to sit down and listen to it and apply, it's great. But if only one of you does, the only thing that does is cause more pain to the one who read it, these high and lofty and perfect things that God has planned for marriage. So the Bible is the Lord's manual. The Bible is the Lord's manual for marriage. Our culture is not. Remember that. You can be pretty much sure, like my grandkids tell me, oh, we got 33 Rotten Tomatoes or 88 Not Rotten Tomatoes on the movie guide. Well, you can be sure that pretty much what the culture says about marriage, God says the opposite because our culture is not in favor of marriage. 
Marriage Matters to God. How Women Find Fulfillment is the answer answered by God. The principles found in the scripture are designed to make what matters to God most important to what matters to women. And I believe women need to know these four things. One, it's never too late to make a good marriage. Two, applying his concepts are counter-cultural. And this may sound appealing in a classroom or a book, but it's often difficult as you are on the edges of something altogether out of the mainstream. Building your husband up in a culture that says, tear him down, knock him over, he doesn't matter, you're the only one that matters, is very counterculture to what God calls. Three, marriage is more important than parenting. Mothers, are you listening? I know those little darling urchins are sucking the life out of you 24-7. It doesn't matter. They're not as important. And if you've pushed your main man aside to give your life to this parenting, I want you to reconsider. I want you to open your heart to the reminders of what God has to say about marriage. And then lastly, you can, you can, you can be a godly woman and a wife. God will help you do that. It's my intentions to fill up your toolbox with this material. Sound, practical, biblical advice, theology combined with practicality, which is always what's on my plate, and I'm trying to share my plate of food with you. Being here today makes you courageous. Listening to these things, being willing to hear some words that I've already spoken that are difficult for you. It's the practicality for daily courage in marriage, and I believe courage is essential to this thing called marriage. This will be the first session of four or five sessions covering all nine, which I just mentioned, and um, we will try to make it fun because marriage can be ridiculously easy and fun and romantic and life-changing and hard all at the same time. The first time I said that, that what I just mentioned to you about, um, wish I'd never seen David Otto before, much less married him, I got some looks and later he mentioned to me, did you really say that in public? Are you sure that's good teaching? I don't know if it's good teaching, but I think it's good authenticity. And I think marriage of all places demands our authentic, honest, careful I think we need to be careful. Just because you're married to him and he said he's not leaving you and he's closed his exits and he's here forever doesn't mean you can take advantage of him. Well, I grew up in the opposite of what I desired for marriage. The opposite family environment, the opposite personal character, the opposite development, the opposite financial environment. My parents weren't even married when I was born and some of you have heard me tell that story before. My dad married my mother when I was three years old. My family was destructive, scattered, selfish, godless, and definitely toolless. So many times I have said in my adult life, my poor mama, she didn't have a tool in her toolkit. She didn't. She was 14 years old. 14 years old. She turned 15 two weeks after she gave birth to me. So what, what could she have known? And then she was immersed in this very thing I just described to you. She has this man, and he's Italian, and she's Persian, and, and she's quiet, and he's noisy, and he has ambitions uh, like right off the wall, and she has none. And so our house was barren and sterile. When we moved to Arizona, and we moved especially 
to make time for our lives and for each other, I met a woman who was destined to be one of my very dearest friends and still is. This is 40 years ago. And she said to me one day early in our relationship, very intentionally, I'd really like to sit down with your childhood photo albums. Now, now, no one had ever asked me to do that in my life. And that way we would get to know one another. And so we did. We looked at hers and mine and her page and my page. We kind of tried to stay the, about the same age. She's a few years younger than I am. And, and at one point she said, stop. And, and there was a picture. And this picture was a picture of me. I was tall and thin. I had kinky, curly hair, bigger than life. I had on a light pink spaghetti strap dress and I was off to a formal with a boy from school. He was a friend. He wasn't a boyfriend. And we stood in front of what was a fireplace bookcase combination in an apartment that my mother and I and my brother lived in after my parents were divorced. And she saw that and she just shrieked at the top of her lungs. She said, stop, where were you? And I just replied, in my living room, like, 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 yeah, that was my living room, not knowing at all where she was going. And she said, there's nothing, absolutely nothing on the mantle, in the fireplace, or on the bookshelves. And I cried and I laughed all at the same time. For those of you who've been to my home in Arizona, you know that beauty matters to me. It matters to me big time. I, I spend a lot of time keeping it beautiful, making it beautiful, keeping it clean so it feels comfortable. And I want you to know that at the deepest level that God has asked us to make this thing called marriage beautiful. Beautiful. Not just in your environment, but to sprinkle it with love, put books on its bookshelf, put a fire in the fireplace, make time to make this relationship beautiful. And I don't know what that means to you or what it what your husband's hoping for that might be different than what you're hoping for. The kindest thing possible to God, to yourself and to your husband, is to follow the plan that God made for marriage. And I believe it includes these nine essentials. So when we come together the next time, we will begin by looking at the first three essentials. I just feel like I just delivered uh, the Gettysburg Address. It was kind of long and stiff. But it means so much to me personally. It means so much to you. It will mean so much to your family, to your legacy, to your children, to your grandchildren, to the culture you live in. And yes, I believe that this simple, complicated thing, simple but not easy, that God has called marriage, is the key to saving our country. I am Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers, and we're very glad you joined us. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of discovering his plan for your marriage.